Hey Northview, it's Lexi. We're so excited for you to join us for our first episode of In Good Company. We would love for you to get involved and you can do so by sending us a quick email of a question or a discussion topic that you'd like us to cover to ingoodcompany at northview.org. Now let's hear from our campus pastors, Greg, Jesse, and Josh. Thanks so much for joining us, everybody. Uh, it's great to have you here in our first episode. And my name is Greg. I'm one of the pastors here. And joining me is pastors Jesse and Joshua. And we are going to start our conversation by, we probably need to start by talking about the cultural moment we're in, but mm. more than that, the, the task the church has been given. And the fact that even though the times we're in, we get told all the time, they're unprecedented and yeah. it's a new normal. Totally. And, all of that. It's, you're probably tired of hearing it as long as, as well as I am. Um, but the task we have as believers is not a new normal. It's the same thing. It's not unprecedented. It's actually entirely precedented. It's yeah. the same thing that the church has been doing forever, which is to be making disciples. And this is hmm. where uh, Jesus tells his disciples, Matthew 28 is one place where he does this. Uh, he says in verse 19, therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. It's a, it's a familiar passage for us as Christians and for good reasons. Hmm. Uh, but in this passage, you have one big command that Jesus is giving. The command is to be making disciples. And then he unpacks for us what that actually looks like. Making disciples means we go to people who haven't yet heard. We, we baptize, we, we initiate them into the body of believers, and we teach them what Jesus has actually commanded us to believe. So there's the going, there's the initiating, there's the teaching, and Jesus promises us that no matter what situation you find yourselves in this disciple-making task, he is with us in it. Hmm. He hasn't abandoned us. He's not unsurprised by the moment we find ourselves in. He hasn't taken a coffee break because things are more difficult than they might have been before. He is still fully in on his mission to save people, and he's doing that through his own disciples who are making other disciples. Mm -hmm. And so that's the task that's still before us as Christians. Yeah. But I think for a lot of us, when we think about what is the church, and we think about what is the task or the, the mission for the church? What does it look like to be making disciples? I, I think for a lot of us, the image that comes into our head is the image of big worship gatherings, of, of people gathered in our Downs Road campus, people gathered mm -hmm. in our Mission campus and our East Abbotsford campus, pe people gathered in big numbers, singing together and taking communion and uh, hearing a sermon and connecting with each other in the hallway and drinking like medium to low grade coffee. Yes. Like that's, that's the image that we have in our minds about disciple making. Right. Um, and so I think be, because of that, we have a hard time thinking about what does it actually look like to be involved in the disciple making process here and now? What does it look like to have this task hmm. before us? And I, I think there's two, two probably prevailing ideas that actually are in, in our minds when it comes to kind of the, the demotivating ideas for not engaging in this task of disciple making. So here's, here's I'm going to hit you guys with two points okay. where I, reasons why I think 
even though we know Matthew 28, we know we're called to make disciples, there's two reasons in this particular cultural moment where we find that commandment hard. Hmm. I think the first one is, is nostalgia. We, we know uh, and we so love the corporate gathering. And I love the corporate gathering. Like I am, I'm longing for the day when we're able to gather together and to, to not have to just be physically distanced, but you can actually lay your hands on people and pray for them when they're sick. You, mm. can, you can walk alongside of that brother or sister who mm. is going through a hard season and they're crying and you give them a hug and you, there's, there's snot and there's <laughs> tears and there's... You're longing for that? <laughs> <laughs> it's weird, but whatever. <laughs> Where we can, we can do that again. Like we, I think... All of us who are believers have in us this like yeah, for desire, sure. repining yeah. for the return to that. Yeah. And I think it's a good thing to want to have come back. And it's, it's not good that we aren't able to do it. Mm. But if we only think about the past, then I don't actually know if we're going to engage as well as we need to in the task before us. And this whole idea of nostalgia has kind of uh, been drilled into my head recently. I've been watching the, the, that 10-part documentary series on The Last Dance uh, with Michael Jordan and the Bulls and exploring their, their six championships and their last season. And it was basically one big documentary on confirmation bias and basically just <laughs> people watching it to be confirming what they already think is true. Yes. And just Do you think heavy, it's true? Is MJ the GOAT? I think, I think individually... He's not necessarily the best player who's ever played. I think what he a, was not necessarily. I think what he, a cop out. He was the best player to play on a team that also had Scottie Pippen. No Pippen, no rings is basically my thesis no right Pippen, now. No so, Pippen, no rings. You heard it here. But what was interesting about this was not only was it a nostalgic moment for people who who like basketball to kind of remember the '90s Bulls, but what I was most in, interested in seeing was those moments where Michael Jordan sitting on his couch. And he's looking at his iPad and he is remembering mm. fondly the old days, the glory mm. days. Yeah. And mm. he's, he's thinking about them. He's talking about them. He's laughing about them. He's desiring them. And I think it would be easy for us in this moment to just sit like MJ on a chair and just pine for mm. the old days, mm. March 8th. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. To just long, oh, long yeah, for right. those yeah. days. So yeah. long and, ago. And I get it, they're good, but if we stay stuck hmm. in nostalgia, yeah. we're not actually going to get off the comfortable chair and engage in the task before us because the iPad is just too fixated. Right. Second reason why I think uh, we might not actually fully embrace the task before us to be disciple-making, to, to evangelize those who don't yet know, to engage believers of all, of all maturity levels in gospel conversations, is that we also are fixated on prognosticating the future. We have a, a procrastination by prognostication, right? So Oof. this idea... Greg, that was incredible. I don't like, know what it means, but that, that's deep. I can tell it's deep. So procrastination, we're putting off the task that we need to do, that you know this. This right. is how you function in your everyday life. Yes, absolutely. Prognostication is just that, that you know, we're looking into the future and trying to see what is actually going to happen, right. when's it yeah. going to happen. Yeah. You guys are probably involved in some text chains with other people who are just constantly asking questions about when's, when's this going to happen? Totally. When does phase oh, yeah. three happen? 
when does phase four happen? Uh, when can we gather? When can we gather without restrictions? And yeah. we put timelines on it and we talk about what's happening in other provinces and will it happen here? And what about in Nevada? And like, did you hear how Sweden did it? And Sweden's so great. And yes. the, like the Swedes are great. I just, we went to Ikea yesterday yes. and we did the curbside click and collect and we drove in there and it was like very well organized in the Nordic ways that I expected. Yes, but that's how they roll. That's how they roll. Yeah. Very organized people. But we can be so focused on thinking about what's going to come next right. and when is it going to return and what time and mm. what day that we can spend. I have spent entire days asking my questions about what will it look like and when will it look like that, mm. that I don't actually engage in real conversations mm. with real people right. in the moment about who is Jesus, why is he good news, why is he hope, why is he peace? Mm. And I don't have those conversations because I feel like I'm spending all my energy and attention thinking about what's to come. Right. And the reality is, is that we have the task before us. The, the church has always had this task in, in easy times and in difficult times, in times of persecution, in times of irrelevance, in times of revival. Right. The church has always been given the task of make disciples. Yeah. And so my question for you guys is how can we actually do this, hmm. right? We've heard the reasons why we might be, be um, slow to do it. Yeah. But if we believe Matthew 8, 28 is true, um, Matthew chapter 20 is true, how, how do we actually embrace this task? Right. Yeah, that's good. That's good. I, I think that is such a, a much needed message for us. And even for me, like as a gentle rebuke to my own heart, mm-hmm. particularly in, in the commission to, of making disciples, but but zooming in on the making of new disciples, of sharing the gospel with people who haven't heard it, how I sit at the, the edge of my seat at 3 p.m. every day listening to Bonnie Henry, waiting her, for her to give me an inch, and every inch she gives me, I'm going to gather with the church. I want to hang out with my friends. I want to be with the people I know. Um, but I don't sit there on the edge of my seat thinking every inch she gives me is an inch closer I can, I can be to having gospel conversations with my unbelieving friends and neighbors that, that now suddenly, oh, I'm a little bit closer and I'm going to take advantage of that it's, it's not on the front of my thinking. Mm. Um, and so I think this, this comes as a, as a rebuke even for me to think I, I, I need to expand my thoughts more than just I want to hang out with the church, but, mm. but the broader mission of sharing the gospel with people who haven't heard it. But I've been thinking about th- these two things that, that I've seen in our North American church culture that I think have been dramatic even before this all happened, but, but now are, are emphasized in the middle of a, of a pandemic world where f- first I think particularly, again, zooming in on, on sharing the gospel with people who haven't heard it. I think we've overcomplicated it. And that's in the best of times where uh, it, it's not programs, it's not systems and, and all these things we set up. If Paul's right in Romans ten seventeen, and faith comes through hearing and hearing through the word of Christ, it's as simple as words. It's the gospel message. It's that simple. And if I trust that the Holy Spirit's going to work, then I just it's not complicated. It's sharing the message of, of Christ suffering in the place of sinners on the cross and rising from the grave. It's, it's a simple message, uh, but we've overcomplicated it. But secondly, I, I think in the best of times, we've, we've delegated it to mm-hmm. think uh, the, the idea of the professional Christian. The, the person who shares the gospel is the pastor up on the stage. 
He's the person who, he knows it the best. I'm going to bring my friend who needs to hear the God. I'm going to bring him to church and the pastor will share and they'll pray with him as opposed to thinking, no, this is my job. I'm a disciple of Jesus and I'm called to go and make disciples of Jesus. So it's not something I'm going to delegate off. And so I think, that, I think that's true in the best of times, but even, even in the middle of this pandemic, I think they've been emphasized dramatically mm. because if we've overcomplicated it beforehand, when now suddenly it's even harder to share the gospel with others, um, it's to us, if we've already overcomplicated it, it's probably near impossible. I just yeah. can't do it. it yeah. It's not even worth trying. But, but if we've delegated it already, I think it's even worse. I think we've forgotten to think about it entirely. Yeah. For, forgotten to think about the mission of sharing the good news with people who haven't heard it. Yeah. And so I, I think a, a moment like this, this cultural moment, can actually be a healthy uh, taking away of, of different blinders to help us just see what we believe about evangelism, what we believe about sharing the gospel with people. And I think, I think those two things have, have struck me as, yeah. as things we need to... We need to we need to rewrite in our minds. It's not complicated, and it is our job. Yeah. We're disciples of Jesus. And I think even that, that overcomplicating thing, uh, a, another layer to that is that we, we think in our minds that things like evangelism and discipleship are two drastically different mm. endeavors right. that we don't just realize that, that what the Holy Spirit will do in us is help us talk about good news of Jesus right. to the people who are around us. They, they might have no familiarity with the story. They might have some. They might call themselves a believer. They, they might be a, a maturing Christian. Yeah. Like who, who knows where they're on in that journey. Mm-hmm. But the task for us is, is not necessarily to try to figure out, am I an evangelism conversation or a right. discipleship conversation? The yeah. task is to actually just be having these conversations about yeah. why Jesus is good news and why following in his ways are actually the best ways. Yeah, um, and so it is, it's more simple than I think we usually imagine it hmm. to be. Yeah, it's yeah. really good. Yeah. One of the things that, um, just from your, your talk at the beginning, Greg, about nostalgia, I find interesting. I think nostalgia for nostalgia's sake is obviously, uh, it, it just doesn't lead to anything. Like you said, it kind of cripples us, right? Um, yet when we use nostalgia and we think of what God has done and we, we be a people of remembrance, which we're mm-hmm. called to do, I think it can fuel us. And, mm-hmm. and so how do we take advantage then, I guess, of this cultural moment? Mm-hmm. It seems weird to, to take advantage of, of COVID-19, but hey, we're, we're, we're stuck in our homes. Uh, there, there's... We're in, I work from home a lot. I'm sure you guys are too. I'm sure a lot of the people watching are working from home now. So maybe you're having more interactions with, with your neighbors and such. And I think the Apostle Paul was brilliant at, at just taking advantage of, of the opportunity he was put in. It reminded me of, of his letter to that church in Philippi. He's, he's writing it in prison. Uh, he's been given a gift from them probably or something like that. And, and the, the beginning of it is like him just fondly remembering them. Oh, I like long to, to meet you again. Or I, I think fondly of our partnership in the gospel. And then he says this, now I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. Mm. As a result, it has become clear throughout the whole palace guard and to everyone else that I am in chains for Christ. Mm. What if God in his providence, and I'm talking about my personal family now, has has caused us to be stuck at home and working on home improvement projects outside and stuff because there's nothing else to do. And, and that's grown us in our relationship with, with our neighbors. And now we've mm-hmm. kind of found favor mm-hmm. in their eyes and they give us lettuce and we help move stuff. And, <laughs> right, right. But this is what's happening, right? Yeah. And so, so, so what is, is God doing in this moment yeah. where we can have these, these conversations yeah. that yeah. we talked about? Yeah. And I think that goes for all of us, totally. thinking about providentially where God has put us in this season, how might we have opportunity? Yeah. 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 And I, I think another element to this is, is helping guys like us who are in in the roles of pastoral ministry to to really try to 
embrace our particular role in the church family of you know Ephesians 4 of, of equipping the saints yeah. for the ministry at hand and and not that we're off the hook from from joining them in the work cool. but but kind of to your point Joshua of the like it's not a professional's task in a, in in the best of times actually the professionals should be the one who are equipping the masses to live on mission every day of their lives yeah. and then we join them in that process as well but but yeah like i yeah. I, I would i'm looking forward to hearing the stories of how yeah how many people heard the good news of Jesus because their neighbor had to stay home more and they actually built a relationship and us as pastors with our events and our everything that we do like had no real immediate touch point with yeah. that story. Yes. And I just think that would be such a huge evidence of God's grace and the fact that this is the Lord's mm. mission and it's the Spirit's work yeah. to bring people to Himself. And yes, He uses us in everyday ways but mm. but he doesn't need yeah. our programs he doesn't need our events yeah. and as pastors if we adopt a mindset of how do i pour myself out to equip the people here yeah. so that they can be the hands and feet of of the church so that mm. they they can be the ones who are engaging in the task i just i think we would be blown away yeah. by what the spirit of god would do in in people's lives that we had no real yeah. touch point with totally and i think that'd be so great yeah, yeah absolutely. it'd be so fun to hear those hmm. stories yeah that's cool i think one other uh encouragement or, or idea as you you pose the question how, how does this look is yeah. we often talk about evangelism or, or the unbeliever in this setting but um discipleship is also those who are already christians already following jesus and so in this moment a lot of us are stuck with our families and i come from a family full of christians right mm -hmm. and it's so easy for us though to get together and not have one conversation about what has god been teaching you through covid 19 or mm -hmm. how, how are you doing or let's pray for one another and i think um to, to just take advantage of, of these opportunities to recognize mm -hmm. that our call to make disciples is is to make un, not unbelievers believers absolutely but it's also the call to make the believer a better student of jesus yeah. right yeah um and so let's let's take advantage yeah, of these seasons and, and maybe we're spending more time with family and uh, so let's grow in depth of, mm -hmm. of those relationships mm -hmm. during yeah. this time yeah that reminds me of my uh community group leader he always like he's happy to just hang out with people and talk about sports or whatever talk about movies but he has this way of just engaging mm. people mm. in a meaningful conversation yeah. in a natural way to just say something like, hey, what, what do you think the Lord's been teaching you in the like mm. highs and lows of this last week? Totally. And I'm like exactly the kind of person who should have answers to that. But when he does that, I'm usually so disarmed because it's <laughs> so unfamiliar yeah, yeah, to have yeah, those kinds great. of conversations filter in right. to everyday life. Yeah. But he just embodies that ability and yeah. that mindset of like, because Jesus matters to me and because you matter to me, yeah. I want to hear like, how are you and the Lord interacting right, in this yeah. last week? Yeah, and yeah, so yeah. he's a great model for me of someone who actually, hmm. you know, puts this into practice in everyday yeah, yeah. conversations. Yeah. It's great. That's cool. It's interesting to think when we're thinking about practically right now in, in a pandemic world, how to engage in, in this, these disciple making, this disciple making mission. And even all these contexts we're talking about with, with the believer, with the unbeliever, it all happens in the context of relationship, mm -hmm. right? Like you think of Galatians 6, he's talking about believers bear one another's burdens. Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, how, how can I bear the burden of another believer if I don't have a relationship to lots even know emojis, what it is? Lots of emojis, lots of emojis. That's yeah. right, yeah, that's like, right, weepy Praying face. hands, all this stuff, it's good. <laughs> that's yeah, right. It's good. But, but even yeah. you think of First Peter, and he says, um, uh, always be prepared to give an answer to those who ask you for the reason for the hope that you have. Yeah. Well, again, it assumes that there's a, a, enough of a relationship where they see in you a hope 
worth yeah. asking you about, yeah. Yeah. right? So, so even practically, there's, I think there's so many ways. We could get into the nitty gritty and we yeah. could say so many different ways that you can do this. Yeah. But, but what it comes down to in many, t- many times is the relationship you have with other people. Yeah. If you wanna be a disciple maker of another believer and you wanna lead them in following Jesus better, well, think of how do you develop that relationship. Yeah. Yeah. If you wanna lead someone to a gospel conversation and share the word of Christ with them so that they might believe and, and come and, and join the church in the glory of God, praising him, yeah. well, then think of how you can develop that relationship with them. Yeah. Um, I, think, I think there's so many practical ways we could be thinking about this yeah. as a church. That's for true. Sure. One thing uh, I think we, we haven't really touched on is, is a, another reason we don't maybe uh, witness or evangelize or engage in gospel conversations as much as maybe we should is, uh, just that oftentimes I think people don't think they're equipped or they don't, mm. they don't know how totally. or they're, yeah. um, mm. they're unsure or, well, I tried and this person had this question, I don't know how to answer it or, or whatever it is. Mm. And so one of the things that our job is to do is to equip the saints, right? And so we come up with a lot of bad ideas of how to do that, <laughs> but hopefully there's a few good ones out there every now and again. But um, one of the ways that we think this, or, or we're seeking to do that is by offering a theology class, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and so the, the hope in there would, would be that this would grow people in their ability to, to, to disciple and to be yeah. disciple makers. But really, like, so systematic theology, going through a big, <laughs> thick book, which with, with big words that yeah. I don't even know how yeah. to pronounce half yeah. of them, and like more ideas in our head, this is going to help us make disciples. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and actually strategically, we made a decision this, this ministry year yeah. to say, in the past, our systematic theology class was two years yeah. and was shoulder tapping people who we thought there was, uh, you know, more leadership development right. uh, opportunities ahead of them. Um, and so now we've said, you know what, two years is long. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's make it one year, mm-hmm. and instead of just shoulder tapping people, let's invite anyone and everyone who wants to grow in their faith. So we've we not only are we saying people need more doctrine, mm-hmm. we're saying like yeah, yeah. everyone yeah. needs yeah. more doctrine. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. Josh, I'm and gonna throw I'm gonna throw it to you. Yeah. Why would why would we go from choosing to to be a strategic leadership development strategy of how people grow in their knowledge and doctrine? Why would we make that a more on mass approach? What's mm. the rationale behind us encouraging people like you yeah. to sign up yeah. for the theology class? Totally. I think it flows from a conviction about what the, what the study of the Word of God, the knowledge of God, actually does in the heart of a believer. When, when we think about disciple making both to, to an unbeliever and, and disciple making to another believer, just the disciple making mission. Knowing, knowing the truth of Scripture, knowing how God has revealed Himself, who He is, His providence, His sovereignty, all of these things actually steady us mm. for, the, for the mission. I actually think that, that there's a reason. I mean, we know there's a reason. He's given us the revelation of Himself and then given us the mission. It's not just one without the other. Yeah. We don't just have the revelation of God with no mission, and we don't just have a mission without knowing Him. Mm. We have them both mm. because, because they're meant to be pulled together. We cannot feel fully equipped for the mission if we don't actually take in the revelation of God as he intended yeah. us to. Yeah. So I think it, draw, it draws from a conviction that every believer benefits um, from, from understanding the truth of the word of God, regardless of whether or not you're, you're evangelizing or discipling, uh, it, it, it steadies every Christian. Yeah. Yeah, and one of the things that, so I've, I've been involved in teaching this class in different capacities in a few different years, and uh, what's so great about the class is those moments of like, um, cognitive dissonance, those moments where, where what, what I believe to be true yes. and I've always believed to be true, yeah. I'm now being confronted with a different thought. Yeah. Yes. And totally. I don't know how to make what I've always thought to be true and what I've just read the Bible says is true. I don't know how to make those things reconcile. And it's mm. in those moments of, of, of distinction of thoughts yeah. that actually 
causes us to, to dig deep and wrestle with, with the word of God and figure out what do I actually believe to be true? Because mm -hmm. we all have these embedded thoughts in our head of yeah. what we think is true until someone like Wayne Grudem, who in his book, you know, explores all kinds of chapters and all, yeah. all kinds of topics yeah. until we actually take the time to say, okay, what do I believe about this topic? Yeah. We're, we're always just going to have a bit of a surface level uh, mindset on all kinds of things. And we'll be very prone to just be swept away from mm. any kind of wind or any kind of wave from yeah. any kind of teacher around That's us almost biblical. because we, because we <laughs> haven't thought about it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not just that when I know more about God, it's going to help me worship him, hmm. him better. But when I know more about what I think God or what I know God has done in history to reveal himself and to save a people for himself, when, yeah. when I know that more, it's actually going to just flow out of my conversations in unforced ways because it's the thing that's on my mind. It's the mm. thing I know about. And yeah. so it's valuable, not because everyone needs to be able to write a thesis on a particular theological topic, but right. it's valuable because it helps our worship and it helps give us language that will flow out of us mm. in our everyday conversations. Yeah. That's good. And I think too, the other thing for, for, for me with, with that is uh, when we're learning stuff, when we're engaged in studying something, it's often quick to be on, on our tongue to share that with others. Mm. Right? I, I don't know, like whether it's, um, yeah, I, I, my wife right now is going through a, a study and it's kind of blowing her mind on, on Genesis 1 and 2. Uh, I think Jen Wilkin did it or whatever. It's a re really good study. She's, but she'll, she'll wake up early in the morning before the kids wake up and she's studying this. So like 3.30. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. And, and she'll, she'll be studying this and, and as soon as I get up, 9.30, 10 o'clock, right? <laughs> whatever that is. Um, she'll be like, have you ever heard of this before? And, and what about this? And I, she said that, and, and it's, mm. she's, and, That's great. and what she's doing is, totally. is she's, participating in the call to make disciples mm. and she's engaging me in conversations about God and growing us in our understanding of him yeah. and so that that would be the hope that as we learn mm. these things it's not just so that we're smarter but that they would be quick to be on mm. our tongues to share these things I learned this I've been thinking through yeah. this and what do you think about that and That's good. Um, yeah that would be the hope anyway and I do think no matter how many years you've been a believer and how much you yeah. study the scriptures we all have in our mind these embedded beliefs that may or may not be true. Yeah, and we exactly. will always have those moments of cognitive dissonance where what I thought was true, I'm actually now seeing might not be. Yeah. And yeah. so whether or not you've you've got your MDiv, yeah. you guys have it, I'm still waiting yeah. for mine to be yeah. finished you up. Look down on you, by I, the way. I, I, I feel the judgment. Yeah. <laughs> whether or not you have the theological training or you don't, yeah. the very act of spending time studying God's word and what it has mm. to say to us mm. is going to cause those moments of having God's spirit taking God's word hmm. to, to change and shape what we think to be true and yeah, what we want to love yeah. and what we want to, to do in our in our lives and and to clarify for us in, in deeper ways yeah. what it means to actually follow in the way of Jesus, what yeah. it actually means to be a disciple, a student of Jesus who now embraces a task of helping others be these disciples and mm. students as well. Yeah. So it's a valuable endeavor for for all of us, regardless of what our, our background and yeah. formal theological training yeah. may or may not be. Yeah, that's good. That's for good. sure. So, so shameless plug, uh, if you want to join that thing, uh, that, <laughs> yeah. that thing, the theology class, uh, there's a few different options that, that are there, but Northfield.org will we'll have some links and stuff for, yeah. for people to join. Mm -hmm. And we also good. have other ways that we do this too, right? Like, so if you Absolutely. are involved in some of the Bible studies or precept yeah. studies, that's fantastic. Those yeah. are also great 
great opportunities. And so actually our website's full of different options of helping people yeah. uh, get connected in different like youth or young adults or whatever it may be. But but the reason we offer these Yeah, they're is, not an end in of themselves. Yeah, right? They're yeah. not yes. the point. Doing it to doing it. They're, they're, uh, they're a conduit we want people to go through to yes. actually engage in the task of, of following in the way of Jesus and yeah. helping others follow in his yeah. way as well. That's Amen. It's good. Yeah, it's a great conversation, I think, for, for all of us in the church that, to be thinking through the mission that, that is present right now, regardless of cultural circumstances, regardless of cultural moment, we're all called to go and make disciples of all nations, right? Um, and so I, I want to I wrap it up with one, one piece of scripture. But, but on that note, actually, if you, if you have ways that you've been creatively mm. connecting with you know, unbelieving neighbors yeah. or with, with your fellow believers... We'd love to hear about it. Um, so if you want to send us an email or connect with us, we'd love to be hearing about the way that our church is gathering around this mission mm-hmm. in ways we, we've never even thought of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We would love that. Um, but yeah, let me, let me end on one piece of scripture in 2 Corinthians 5, uh, which is just a reminder to us of, of what we are in Christ, through Christ. Uh, 5.17, I'm going to start. He says this, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. So the reminder of the truth that if we're a new creation, part of that new creation in Christ is to now be an ambassador of Christ. Mm-hmm. That we represent him to the world, to, to one another as believers, to the unbelieving world, we represent him. And so let's go, let's think through this mission, think mm-hmm. through this mandate, and consider how can we represent our Savior well mm-hmm. to the rest of the world and to each other. Yeah. That's great. So thanks so much for joining us, guys. We'd love for you to join these conversations. So we'll see you next time.